Hey, it's Adam Bly, the marketing guy here at Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners. In this episode of After the Paycheck, Sam and I sit down to discuss issues that are affecting retirement in 2020. Those issues include longer retirement than people plan, inflation, market volatility, and knowing the right amount to withdraw from savings. And we focus on the knowing the right amount to withdraw from savings aspect of these issues and really discuss the types of distribution methods that there are, how to determine which is the right method for you, and some rules you should understand as you weigh your options for your distribution methods. So how can you determine what type of distribution method is right for you? Tune into this episode and find out. Enjoy. Welcome to After the Paycheck, the series dedicated to helping people to and through their retirement process. This week, I'm here with Sam Lang, founder and CEO of Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners, and great gift giver because he knew that I was having trouble with my <laughs> hair situation a few weeks ago. So he got this hat made. I like how it has the, the company logo. Listen, and truth on. be told, we got that for clients, you know, but you've been <laughs> saying you needed something to, you know, to hide the haircut. So here you go. There we go. I love it. <laughs> but I'm back okay. in the rotation. I like it. It's it is. It's be been a while. I it's haven't been actually been face to face with you in a while. Yeah. You're, I mean, the office is, is semi-open now. You've been yep. seeing a few people here in, in the office here and there, right? Yeah, for the last month or so, we've been slowly opening. We've had, you know, a fair amount of demand from people wanting to come in and see, see us face to face. And there's nothing like having that in-office, face-to-face interaction and, and meeting. Yeah. Uh, but we've been doing a lot of Zoom calls and virtual meetings, and that's working out well, too. But yeah. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, there's a bit of a like a they call it like a Zoom fatigue after yeah, a while. Like yeah. you just kind of get burnt out on doing doing that virtual stuff. And it, like you said, it's nice to just see a face. It's <laughs> nice to see a face. And for you, you actually got to actually go to the daycare and drop your daughter off. I did. It was. This has been a blessing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, we're being cautious, but yeah, we're being uh, optimistically cautious yeah. with everything well, going on. Yeah, four months at home. It's. It's, it's, a, it's a lot to ask yes, it, any it, young parent, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and thank you for, for the balancing act that yeah, you've allowed us to do for everything. But um, because we haven't had that ability to kind of see people in person in, in a larger group, so one thing that we were discussing is when you were doing your events and seminars, something that you would talk about is uh, th- factors that are affecting retirement today. Yes. Yep. So you keep your, your seminars and everything up to date. Every year, or every, every year, every, you know, changes, you life changes, and events exactly. change, and right. demographics change, economy changes. So, we do our best to keep everything up to date. Right. So, I thought because we can't do these these events, you know, in person with people, it'd be great to take at least a section of something that you talk about during those events and talk about that in this week's episode okay. of After the Paycheck, and it's about uh, choosing your distribution methods in retirement because there are four things, or there are a number of issues that affect retirement today, right? Sure. And what are those four things? It's Well, you got longevity, right? Yeah. People living longer and longer. So retirement could, in the past, maybe it was 20 years. Now it could be 35 years. Right. Right. Uh, we hear oft, often about inflation, how things cost more and more. And we know that. We can go to the grocery store and we see that. So I think one of the things that people don't think a whole lot about is inflation as we go into retirement. Uh, but, you know, one of the major things that we really should spend some time on it's just making sure that we choose the right way to take your money. Right. And that's, again, what we're going to focus on, choosing those distribution methods. So what we're going to do today is kind of discuss what types of distribution methods there are, mm-hmm. how to determine which one is right for me, and some rules that I should understand as I either age out or okay. before I really start to 
I don't want to say concrete, but make make my decision in which distribution methods I think is right for me. So I think a lot of times people out. don't think a whole lot about that. You know, they think more about, well, is my account in the right place? Am I choosing the right index? How's my return, you know, compared to my sister's return? They don't think about sort of how they're going to take money from their savings. Right, right. And that day will come for everybody. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of... I read whatever on the internet, and that applies to whatever it is in my situation. Uh, There's a blanket approach for how you should retire, and that's not so much the case. And that's actually what what we're going to get into. Well, each each and every person's situation is different, right? Right. It depends on your age, or your you know your tax bracket. Do you need the money? Do you have a pension? So every person's situation is different. Um, But to your point, I think people need to just think about that in in advance a little bit, And, and also know what their options are. Right, you know, because everybody's going to take money from their savings maybe differently than than you know the next person. So let's get into that. What are some of those d- distribution options that I have as I'm getting ready to retire? Um, so you know, you see a lot of times people want to take their money and run. You know, the lump sum distribution method, um, and then other times you see people just want to leave their money as is, which is you know just staying put. Um, in today's world, with a lot of job changes, people leaving and the employers, uh, you can certainly stay put. And you can just leave the money where it is. One of the things that people should be aware of, if you work for, say, company ABC, and you've been there for you know, six months and you have an account worth you know, $4,200, you can't really just stay put because as an administrator, if, if the account is less than $5,000, they will just cut you a check and then... You have to either take it as ordinary income or find a way to roll it over. But you could leave the money at your former employer and say, you know what, I'll get around to making some decisions as to where I should put that when I get around to it. Okay. So if I so you're saying one of the one of these options is just staying put. I want to leave the money where it is. But you you may just made a really good point that I didn't think about is Every job that you have or every 401k account or retirement account that you have, you have to think about how you're going to distribute from all of those. So if you yeah. have had 8, 10 jobs over the course of your career, you might have 8, 10 accounts out there that you Easy. have to make a choice on what your distribution method is for each one. Well, you got a, you got a bunch of things to consider, right? One, you know, is this account performing as well as that account? You know, are you actually spending the time to manage those eight or ten different accounts? <laughs> Chances are, if you're being truthful to yourself, probably not, right? right. You look at the statement and go, okay, you know, and you tuck it away till the next month. So that's that's problem number one. Problem number two is a lot of times, sometimes you, that actually happens. People okay. will retire and they have multiple retirement accounts. And they think, well, I'm going to take my RMDs, which we'll get to maybe if we have time a little yep. bit later. But they're taking monies from not all of the same places at once, or they're taking it in, in, in a manner where it doesn't satisfy the required minimum distribution, and they found themselves just in a just sort of a management mess. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times we encourage people to think about consolidating. I mean, nobody needs eight or ten right, different yeah. retirement <laughs> accounts, and if you can consolidate them into one place, I, 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 I think it's safe to say the management of that would be a lot easier from every aspect. Right. And so that's the big pro to consolidating is, like you said, it's easier to manage. Is there a con to, to consolidating that many accounts? You know, if you do it correctly, I don't really see there's a downside to that. Um, I think probably the downside to leaving it at the former company's 401k is just choices. 
You know, maybe maybe you work for a small company. Maybe they have a lousy 401k plan and they have, you know, 12 choices. Well, there might be 2,000 choices out there. Right, right, right. So, okay. uh, you know, I, there could be some tax tax consequences, but I think it's it's important to get good advice and good direction as, as to how to do that. So I don't really see a con to not consolidating. Gotcha. Okay. So that's, we were just talking about cons- uh, multiple accounts and everything, but that was under the umbrella of staying put, right? Your distribution method is you don't need that money right now and you don't need yeah, to. Yeah, you, you know, if you're... 30-something years old, you can't take the money to your 59 and a half anyway. Right, right? yeah. <laughs> so you might just say, oh, I'll just leave it there. And then, you know, you get another job and it happens again. Oh, I'll just leave it there. Next thing you know, it's 10 years late and you haven't gotten around to doing any consolidation. Right. You have, you know, four different accounts, right? right? So that happens from time to time. Okay. Um, the other option that you have is as you're getting to retire, again, now I'm 59 and a half or I'm 60 and I'm ready to retire. I have all these accounts. The other option is I want to take it all out at once. I want to take a lump sum. Right. Give me my money. I'm out of here. Right, right, right. Um, you know, if it's a small account, you need the money, maybe you're doing an addition. You, we see that again from time to time. People understand that if you withdraw $20,000, you know, for the, for the new shed or, or you're going to trade in your old car for a new one, right. it becomes taxable. So you're just going to remember, whatever you take is taxable. taxable. So if you have a million-dollar 401k plan, you, I, I, maybe there's a need for a million bucks, but all at once, but taking it as a lump sum generally is not the best choice. Which kind of leads us to option number three, which is really what most I would feel people choose is uh, um, some type of maybe systematic. Systematic, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. either a, uh, and then there's two types of those. There's like a fixed number and then there's a percentage, right? Well, I think a lot of times people hear about the 4% withdrawal rule yep. and, and, and that has proven to sort of work okay in the past couple of decades, which is, and we'll use an example, let's say you have a million dollar 401k plan, right? And if you look back at historic returns, um, you, you know, you earn more than 4%. So they're saying, well, if you withdraw 4%, you'll be okay. And if you have a good year, let's say a million dollars goes to, you know, $1.1 million because okay. you earn 10%. Well, if you draw on 4%, you went from drawing 4% on a million, which would be $40,000. Yeah to now 4% on a million one, which would be $44,000. Okay. So you're keeping up inflation, you got yep. a nice little pay raise, and if that could work forever, you know, tell me where to sign, I'll do that right now, right? <laughs> that would be great. The That's prob- what all of their time yeah, people right, tell me, right. it's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. The, the problem is it doesn't always work that way. Right. right. So you go back to, just imagine if you were retiring this year, and you retired in January, and you're like, wow, this is great. Things are, you know, rolling along. And all of a sudden, the pandemic hits and right. your account went down some 20, 30%, you know, overnight. You're probably panicking a little right, bit. Right, right. So on that 4, 4% withdrawal rule, the, the problem it could be you have another 2008 or you have another 2000, year 2000, 2001. Right, right. And you are sort of, it's like slow death. You know, you got a million dollars, you lose 10, 20%. So now you have a much smaller number. And if you're taking 4% out from it, wow, from a much smaller number, that means now you're getting a pay cut, not a pay raise. Yep. But also you're putting extra strain on that principle. Right. And, you know, it could go down a lot faster than you want to, you want to see that happen. Right. So right. that could be the danger. Okay. Okay. And then what about a, like a fixed number? Like, hey, I just know that I'm going to take 40% out 
every year regardless. Oh, I mean, 40, not 40 grand. 40,000. 40, 40, 40% yeah, yeah. would be hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what to do that. Now, yeah, right. right now. Um, yeah, you know, you, you sometimes you get to have a conversation with somebody and they say, hey, you know, if I could have an extra $2,000 a month, I'd be fine for the rest of my life, right? And and you take that same fixed amount out from whatever, the, wherever the principal is. Mm-hmm. So one thing you're not thinking about is keeping up with inflation. Because we know $2,000 a month today is not the same $2,000 a month next year or even 10 years from now. We'll right. need more. The second thing is, again, going back to sort of the sequence of returns thing that we talked about, taking the same percentage or the same dollar amount from whatever the balance might be is going to be fine if the balance goes this way. Yeah. <laughs> but if the balance goes this way, and again, you to your example, you got a million dollars I need $40,000 a year for the rest of my life, I'll be fine. Right. Well, that's great if you could at least earn 4%. But if you don't and you lose 20%, now $40,000 on, say, $600,000 or right. $700,000 is, is, not, is not the same $40,000 anymore. Right. right? It's, it's, percentage-wise, it's a much higher percentage. And again, putting extra strain on the principal and... If you have good genes, like in my family, my, my folks, my dad died at 97, age wow. 97, my mom was 95, and hopefully with any luck, I'll live a long life and have a long retirement. So you just have to be mindful of, you know, is this going to work right. or, or am I just hoping it's going to work? That's a good point you bring up is I think people put this there's plan in their head, like, okay, I'm going to retire at 60 and I'm going to die at 80. Like, well, it doesn't work that way. You might have some sort of situation that happens where you have to retire early. Yeah. It could be, you know, an injury in the job or something like that, where all of a sudden you're withdrawing earlier than you thought. Yeah. So your retirement accounts don't get to grow as much as they could have. And then also on the far side of that, you, you're you blowing out your candles at your 81st birthday and you're right. like, didn't plan on this either. I mean, it's amazing how many times I've had a conversation, just, you know, a friendly conversation with somebody and you say, well, you know... What are you worried about? Well, I'm worried about having enough money. I said, well, what happens if you, you, you showed me that you have enough money to age 80 or 85? And, well, I won't care by that time. Well, <laughs> listen, if you're alive, you don't have a choice. You, <laughs> you know, it's not like, well, I'm not going to do anything for the rest of my life. So yeah. if it was that easy, I'm going to retire at 60, die at 80, then that's one thing. Right. But of course, real life doesn't work that way. Right, right. So this brings us to, again, if I am someone who's trying to figure out my future and I'm trying to look at my distribution options here, this is something that, that you've brought up to me and you call it the three-bucket approach. Three-bucket approach. What is we, that? Well, we use a lot of it here okay. you know, as part of our retirement plan. And you, you, you hear that old saying, never put all your eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. right? Which, which kind of, if you think about that, um, the three-bucket approach is really a liquidity bucket for emergencies, having enough money in the bank, not having to rely on the next paycheck to come in. I mean, if you have an emergency, a real emergency, as we've seen it in the last six months, people being laid off, people just like needing to get their hands on cash, that first bucket is a liquidity bucket, very, very important. Okay. The second bucket is to make sure you can pay your bills. You know, having, having some type of an income strategy in place for a portion of your money that will pay you that $40,000 a year or $2,000 a month, regardless of you know the economy, interest rates, regardless of like outside influences, okay. is really important. That's where you should rely on having that income stream come from. Okay. And then the third bucket is really important to consider also, which is keep up inflation, 
making sure that my money is growing. So maybe you might need an investment professional to help you with, you know, um, having a portfolio uh, of like in my case, I have a I have a moderately uh, aggressive portfolio that didn't do so great in March, well, yeah. but you know I understand it, it goes up, it goes down, and I don't need that money right now. So I'm not going to pay so much attention and worry so much that I went down a little bit because that's really for the long run. Gotcha. And so it, 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 and that's not the right consideration for everybody, but for most people, you know, just is just common sense, right? right? I need to have money in the bank. I need to have money that I can protect and, and take income from. And I want to take some risk and earn some big gains on on this third bucket. Right. It seems like it almost kind of marries some of those other distribution options. Like you could have that, not the lump sum, but like you have that liquidity bucket, which is that cash that you might need if you need to make any big purchases. You need a, yeah. a roof for a new water heater or whatever it might be. Sure. You have that liquidity so you don't have to take large withdrawals from your 401k or from the other thing that you need to replenish and live off of that interest. Yeah. So you have that, and then you have that that fixed income stream, which I guess like maybe like a like a pension or an annuity, something like that might fit into play there, where it's just, hey, you know this is mailbox money, you call it, right? Mailbox, mailbox money. Mailbox. There's so many people, you know, if you're watching today, maybe you're one of the fortunate folks that have a pension. And, you know, congratulations, because I know I'm not going to have a pension. Right. I have to create my own. And, and sometimes people sort of, you know, don't value a pension as they should. Right. And just, just understanding having a paycheck for the rest of your life is a really valuable thing. So we have clients that, like I just saw somebody in the pipe fitters union recently retired, and he has a choice. You can take, take a lump sum, or you can have like $38,000 given to him for the rest of his life as a guarantee. I have a good friend who just retired as a police officer. And same deal, he took the pension and you know he's He's still doing details and what have you. Mm -hmm. He's doing less and less of that because there's not much going on. But he knows every single month he's going to get a core core income check, mailbox money. Yep. So that's a that's an important thing to consider if you have that choice where you work. At least run the numbers, see if it makes some sense. Um, and oftentimes we help people sort of create that, and it might make some sense for that particular person's particular situation. Okay. With the recent changes in like the SECURE Act and everything that's come up lately, what what are some things that, again, like, you know, my parents and my grandfather might have been able to retire with this mindset, oh, RMDs are at this, or I can always inherit X amount of money or whatever. How has the SECURE Act changed how I should be thinking about my distribution options? Okay, SECURE Act, um, for those that are not familiar with the SECURE Act, it's an act that they sort of snuck in there at the end of last year, meaning 2019, and it sort of caught the retirement community by surprise. Mm -hmm. You know, it was talked about, but it went from talking to actually law like overnight. Yeah, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> it doesn't happen, you know. <laughs> um, for the most part, I think it's pretty good. They delayed the required minimum distribution from age 70 and a half to age 72. Yep. So that helped some folks. There's a lot of sort of subtle changes as well that helped many other individuals. I think the one thing that caught a lot of people by surprise, and people just need to be aware of this, we talked to so many people over the last you know, 30 years, I've had many conversations, and you might just say, hey Adam, what would you like to do with in retirement? Well, you know, I just wanna be able to play golf three times a week, go on vacation a couple times a year, you know, sort of keep my principal intact, right? Earn maybe four or 5% a year, not go crazy, take out my required minimum distributions, 
and I start with this much, and then the day that I go, I'll get to leave this to my wife. The day that she goes, she'll get to leave this to our kids, yeah. and hopefully they're, they're responsible and do the same thing. And sort of that principle sort of stays intact and goes to the next generation, and then hopefully to the next generation. I mean, how many people wouldn't want that? Right, right. The SECURE Act took that away. <laughs> so essentially, what, what I mean by that is something called the inherited IRA. That's right. really gone by the wayside. And there's a lot to understand. But just for the purpose of this episode, you have to take that money out over no no longer than t- a 10-year ten period. Years. Right. So you have a situation where you have, a, a, say, a million-dollar 401k. The whole idea was to take RMDs out, keep the million bucks, leave it to your kids. Right. If you were to pass away today, that million dollars has to t- be taken out over no uh, no more than 10 years. So they could take it out all at once, over 10 years. Don't touch it for five years, take it all in year five. Don't touch it for 10 years, take it all in year 10. But what that does is it accelerates the tax obligation oh, to no, that recipient. Gotcha. It's almost like you have your own distribution method options for when you inherit money now or inherit an IRA. It's kind of like you don't have a choice. You know, right. the, the Uncle Sam said, this is how you're going to take the money. Yeah. We had a situation where we got a radio uh, listener call in and, you know, the dad sort of did something on his own thinking it was the right, right thing to do. I think they had three kids. One was in the middle of a divorce. So all he did was he changed the beneficiaries from three kids equally okay. to two. And, and in his mindset was, well, you know, my oldest daughter, Renee, is going to take care of her sister who's getting divorced and I can't stand the son-in-law and this and that. But, and then he died. Oh. And what he, what he didn't rec- realize was all that money was an IRA. So now Renee has to, just to take money out to even things off for the sister who's now her divorce is final, they have to take money out at once to to even to sort of even the the, the playing field yep, yep. for the for the other sister, but everything came out taxable, and it was way more than they wanted to take at once. And and again, just not to sort of go into much, too much detail. At the end of the day, the Secure Act really changed a lot of things for passing assets on to the next generation with IRAs and four hundred one ks, and it, it really it really made Uncle Sam your silent partner. Right, right. <laughs> And that's something that you've you've touched upon before. That's yeah. why I kind of laugh is because you, you're like, oh, a lot of people don't understand another beneficiary. Your 401k is the government. Yeah, the government. So, yeah. So going back to to tie this all together, factors that I need to consider when I'm looking at my distribution options are, again, when I'm, when I'm going to retire, what is my current age? Because, again, if I'm retiring early, do I have that ability to, to access some of my 401k? Well, today with the CARES Act, because they put that in place, yeah, there is some – Band-Aid right now for people that really need their money uh, if they got laid off and they, they have no other place to get money other than in the 401k and you're not 59 and a half, okay. you, you have some access to that. But that's not permanent. I think, I think like you said, Adam, there's so many factors that go into play. Age, you know, which, how are your, how's, your, how's your family genes? If your parents both didn't make it to age you know, 70 and you're 65, you might be thinking, wow, hey, I'm going to spend this quickly and have a good good time and have a party right. versus if your family's all lived a long time, you got to make sure that, hey, I'm going to, I got to make sure I do whatever I can to make this last. Right, right. right. Um, you got economic, outside economic factors, 
right like right now you went from working at the same job with with a lot of job security for you know 25 years and all of a sudden now you're finding yourself laid off but I think at the end of the day of all the things that I see that people don't really do a good enough job of is just a, a very simple like how much money do I need in retirement that sounds so elementary and so basic you'd be shocked at how many people I meet that don't know that number. Like the other day, one of our very first in-office meetings, this nice couple came in, and she, previous to actually us sitting down, she sent me a nice email, looking forward to meeting you, blah, 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 blah. And she sent me like a 11, 12-page you know, summary of her life. And it was great. Like yeah. every question that I would have asked her, she gave me the answer in advance. Nice. Except for one thing, and, and I said to her when we met, I said, you know, the only thing you're missing is, maybe you forgot to write it down, how much money do you need a month, a year from now, when you stop working? And they looked at each other like, geez, we haven't figured that out. So if you don't know that number, right? how are we going to be able to determine for you, well, if your question is, this is what I've saved, is it enough for me? Right. Well, I don't know how much you need to take out. So... That is probably the most basic thing that people can do for themselves as they go into this retirement planning process. You know, you want to know, there's a lot of things we need to know. Like, you know, is the money in the right place? Is, is it risky? Is it not risky? Is, is, but is it going to last you? And without knowing how much you need to take out. You don't know. Right? You don't know. You don't know if a million is enough or two million is enough or maybe that's, 500K is enough. That's yeah, exactly right. right. Okay, exactly so right. maybe we should do that. So if you're watching the video and you have, we've done this before, we've given away the, the, the monthly budget calculator, but if you're watching this and this is kind of your first time, or if you're just kind of hesitant to do it, and, and this is, again, just a, another reminder that sure. until you take that first step, you're not really doing anything to help yourself in the retirement planning process until you know what that number yeah. is. Or maybe you looked at it two years ago and you, th man, I'm taking, you know, everything's all set, but now you've paid off your mortgage, right? Right. So maybe you don't have that debt at all. Maybe you've actually bought a, you know, a summer home. And you've incurred and you, more. You've, in, you've, you've added on more debt. So right, right. it's always a good idea to do it, you know, every, every few years, but especially if you're in within say, you know, one to five years of retirement, that's really a number that you need to, to know right, not, right, and not guess. Right. Especially like, again, something happens and all of a sudden you're forced into that retirement a little bit earlier than you thought yeah. and you had no idea what that number was. Right. You have no idea what you're going to need to withdraw from or, or yeah. So I mean, you can always work longer. You can always alter your lifestyle. I don't think those are choices that people want to consider. Right. Yeah. So at least know where you're at. So we'll do that. So again, if you're at afterthepaycheck.com, just click on the link below and you'll be able to get access to that, uh, our little monthly, in cap, uh, monthly income gap calculator and just figure out what your budgets are, what your needs are, where maybe there's some gaps are in your retirement. And it'll kind of help you determine what you might need to figure out what your distribution methods are. Maybe yeah. I do need to withdraw a little bit more earlier on to figure that out. Or like you said, maybe you can work a little bit longer if you can, or just at least you know what some of your options yeah, are once you be, figure out that number. Or it might be that I don't really have to worry about it because I have, you know, husband and wife, they both have pensions, they both have Social Security, and they make, you know, 2x the amount of money they need a month. Right. And they're like, well, you know, I don't need to touch any of this money, and I just have to take out my required minimum distributions. And it might not be, it might not be a difficult exercise. So right. it could be, it could, it could help you plan, or it could help you sort of, 
put yourself at ease okay, yeah. and, and say, whew, you know, yeah. this is we okay. did it. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay. Checkmark. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You win. You win retirement. Congrats. <laughs> Sam, uh, thank you for taking the time today to sit down and record Great this episode. Great being here. Great being back thank in you. the office. Also, thank you again for the hat. I am going to wear this on the way home. It's one per employee. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, I can't take the whole <laughs> can't take the whole We need the kitty oh. sizes for all of our, our <laughs> yeah, kids right. and everything that we have in the office now. <laughs> um, and again, if you aren't already there, visit afterthepaycheck.com to subscribe to future episodes or to check out older episodes of our After the Paycheck series, or you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts as well. Until next time, take care. John Conley and Ryan Marston are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners, LLC, and Retirement Wealth Advisors are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and, when redeemed, may be worth more or less less than when originally invested. Insurance and annuities offered through licensed professionals of RNL Insurance Agency LLC, Mass Insurance License 1783398.